Amen. At this time, we're going to let our children be dismissed for time of children's church. Children can go with Miss Mandy. And as the children are being dismissed, who knows what Tuesday is? So I know some of you are saying, well, thank you, Pastor, for the reminder. You know, um, it's a day that Traditionally, it gets looked at as just, you know, a, a time that we honor our, our spouse or our significant other and, you know, and let them know how much we appreciate them and love them, which we should be doing every day anyway. But, um, you know, for but 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 it's not just that, because, you know, for me, for the first 46 years of my life, I actually referred to it as single awareness day. And some of y'all that have known me a little longer know about that. But, but, you know, it's also a time to let our friends and to let our family members and to let, you know, people that, that we know and that we have a relationship with know how much we care about them. And, um, and there's so many different, different ways to do that. But, but here's the, the key to that. The people that we care about, the people that are important to us are all people that we know. You know, you're not just going to take a Valentine card and give it to some random stranger. I mean, you might do that, but they might look at you like, okay. And if some stranger decides to do that to me, at least there better be candy attached to it. <laughs> but, but the point is, we care about people and we have relationships with people that we know. And they know us. But no matter how well we know the people in our lives, and no matter how well they know us, it's not, it, it pales in comparison to how well our God and our Heavenly Father knows us. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And, and by, the, by the end of this time, you're going to think you're hearing a broken record because we're going to pretty much be pounding the same point all morning long. About how well God knows us. And, and, and to look at this. I want to look at the first six verses of Psalm 139. Psalm 139. David writes. O Lord. Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down. And are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, thou know, dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before. And laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high, I cannot attain to it. Father God, we ask now that you bless the reading of your word. We ask, Lord, that you have your way in these next few moments. 
Father, you know each one of us. You know what's going on with us right now. God, I ask you to meet each one of us where we are at this moment. Speak to us individually and corporately today. God, have your way in this time. Speak your message through your word and through your servant. And lead us to an obedient response. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So the first thing we see here. Is pretty simple. God knows everything about us. Like I said. Running theme. If you don't leave here with anything else. You're going to leave here with that. God knows everything about us. Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. He searches our hearts. He searches our hearts. Jeremiah 12, 3 says, But thou knowest me, O Lord, thou seest me, thou dost examine my heart's attitude toward thee. You see, we come in here, we get dressed up on Sunday morning, we put on, put on our Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, and, and we come out and, and, and we fix ourselves up. Like I said last week, most of us take a bath on the weekends whether we need it or not. Because we know we're coming out in public on Sunday. And it's real easy to, to pretty ourselves up and to fix ourselves up. And, and no matter how bad things are going, we can, we can put on that good face. And to, to just the average observer... Boy, everything's going well with that guy, with that girl. Because all we can see is the outside. God sees beyond that. God sees through the outside. God sees the heart. Psalm 44, 21 says, Would God not find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. See, when Samuel went to the home of Jesse... Because God told him, that's where you're going to anoint the next king of Israel. Because Saul has not attained what was expected of him, to what he should have done. So you're going to go to the home of Jesse and you're going to anoint the next king. And Samuel, you know, is still thinking with his earthly brain and is earth looking with his earthly eyes and he gets to the oldest son and and he's a big strapping young man and you know Saul was a big strapping man as well and but let me read it from the scripture first Samuel 16 7 but the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him for the for God sees not as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. He looked like a king. He had the tools. But what was in here was lacking. And they got all the way down to the youngest son, the little shepherd boy. But Lord, this, really? This is him? But what did people say? 
when Jesus came to town. This is the one we've been waiting for, the son of the carpenter. We were expecting somebody else. Because they looked at the outward appearance. We can fool some people some of the time. You know how that whole thing goes. By putting forth a good appearance. But we can't fool God because he knows what's in our hearts. And we can't hide from him because we can come here. We can put on our church face. And we can go to work tomorrow. We can put on our work face. And we can go to school. We can put on our school face. And when we're in the neighborhood at the mailbox, we can put on our, our neighbor face. But God sees your at-home face. God sees your all-by-yourself face. God sees your traffic face. God sees your long line at Walmart face. God sees the face nobody else sees. Because he sees inside. So who are we really trying to fool? Now that don't mean next week I want y'all to all come here shabbily dressed and just unload all your problems on me. It just means that we just need to be real because God already knows. God already knows what we're dealing with. He already knows what's going on with us. He knows everything. And we're going to keep, keep that theme going this morning. Because he knows our every move and thought. He knows everything that we do. Look at verse 2. Thou dost know when I sit down and I rise up. And we're going to skip part of that and come back to it. So don't worry. Verse 3, thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. In 2 Kings 19, 27, God says, I know you're sitting down, you're going out, you're coming in, and you're raging against me. Knows everything you've done, knows everything you're going to do, knows everything you, you're thinking about doing, whether you do it or not. He knows what you're going to do. Job 31, 4 says, does he not see my ways and number my steps. And I got to thinking about that. And I, and I wear this little. It looks like a watch. But it, it's a fancy watch. Because it tells me how many steps I take. And how far I go. And apparently how many calories I burn. Which I take that to mean how many cheeseburgers I can eat later. <laughs> Even though I'm told that's not what it's for. But the fact that whether I have this or not to count my steps, God already knows how many steps I'm going to take. And just by the way, I figured out I do about a quarter of a mile per sermon. <laughs> you never know. But God already knows how many steps I'm going to take. He already knows how many steps you're going to take. He knows what you're going to do. Even before you do. And again. Why are we trying to hide? Why are we trying to pretend. That we're not doing things. The best thing we can do is just do things. That we know are pleasing to God. And avoid things that we know are not. Because he knows anyway. You're not hiding anything from him. And he also knows what we're thinking. 
Back to verse 2. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Psalm 94, 11 says, The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are a mere breath. In Matthew 9, 4, Jesus said to some, some of the, the leaders, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil in your hearts? He was fully man, but he was fully God. And he knew what they were thinking. Then fool him. He knew exactly what was in their hearts. John 2, 24, 25. But Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them. For he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man. For he himself knew what was in a man. He knows us. Like I said, you're not, you, you're not going to fool him. Who On earth, who's the people that you... Can fool the least. Mom and dad. And, and anybody that, that the teachers ever called. And said you know. I'm having trouble with little Johnny. Oh not my baby. You know better. You may say that. But we all know that, that my baby. Is not the perfect sweet little angel. Because the truth is. Most of our kids are real good at school. And at church. And out in, in public. And it's when they're home. That, that, you know, we might have to tell y'all, you know, y'all think they're sweet up here. Just see them when, when we try to wake them up for school in the morning and get them on the bus. You know, we, because we know our kids and we know they're not perfect. We still love them, but we know they're not, they're not perfect. But, you know, it's like, and I might have even told this story before. I remember one, you know, okay, how many of y'all were the good one that never got in trouble? And how many, and how many of y'all were the one that was constantly, no matter what, see, okay, a few honest people here, thank you. And that was me. But I remember when I was in college one night, I was at home and it was late and I was just watching TV and my dad was sitting on the couch and and he gets up and starts to walk out to the garage. And I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm about to go catch your brother. I said, you going to do what? He said, yeah, he's coming in late. I said, well, I can see the clock. And he had never, and my brother was the one who never did anything wrong. And, and I said, well, how do you know he's coming? He said, well, he's going to stop at the top of the hill, turn the lights off, turn the engine off, coast down. <laughs> so, so we don't hear. And I said, well, I said, well, how do you know that? And he said, because you used to do it. And I said, well, how do you know that? He said, because I know you. <laughs> and all that stuff you thought you were getting away with. Now, kids, don't try that. <laughs> we're on to all the tricks. Don't try that. But, but the fact is, my dad knew. And, and I didn't even realize that I wasn't getting away with anything. I thought I was slick. So how many times do we think we're slick and do we think we're pulling one over on God when he already knows? And even if we don't do it, he knows we were thinking about doing it. He knows what you're thinking right now. Those of you that think that guy's crazy. <laughs> he knows that. So there's no reason to try to be dishonest. There's no reason to try to fool God. There's no reason to try to hide Anything 
Because he already knows it. Like I said, that's what I want us to understand. We can deceive some people with our words, but since God already knows what we're going to do and what we're thinking, we're never going to deceive him. Because, and we'll keep it going, he knows what we're going to say before we say it. Verse 4, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Isaiah 65, 24, it will come also to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Nothing comes out of our mouths or anything else about us is a surprise to God. So like I said, he already knows what you're thinking. Whether you say it or not. And when you do say it, he knows you're going to say it. And you know, I always find it. When I became a pastor and, and started in the ministry, how people would start being more careful with what they said around me. As if I'm the one that's telling God what they're doing. Like as long as I don't say it around the preacher, it's okay. Yeah, think about that. Because it doesn't matter. Who you say it around. Because he already knows it. And he knows it before you say it. So maybe that'll help us. To kind of tame some of the things we say. To stop and think about it. But again once we've thought about it. He already knew that too. So maybe rather than trying to. To fix the outward stuff. Maybe we want to start from the inside. And start working on the heart. And start making our, our heart and our thoughts and our, our deeds and our, and our words start to match up more with God's. And then we don't have to worry about all that stuff. If we're kind of tuning in to where he wants us to be. Because, like I said, he knows everything and there's a word that we use for that. And it's called omniscience. And I looked up so I could give you a dictionary definition of this word. God is knowing all things, all events, and all circumstances in a way that is perfect and immediate. Hebrews 4.13 says, There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There is nothing God does not know. Say that again. There is nothing that God does not know. Thus, there is nothing that he does not know about each and every one of us. He knows us better than anyone else. Even better than we know ourselves. Let that sink in for a minute. You think about the person that knows you best. And God knows you better. You think about the person you know best. God knows them better. And then you think about yourself and what you know about yourself. And God knows you better. So if there's anybody we can be real with. It's him. Because he already knows it. Sometimes I, I don't know why we struggle to wrap our minds around that. But we do. 
He knows us, yet He still loves us. He knows us, but He loves us anyway. And because He loves us, He holds us and protects us. Look at verse 5. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and rescues them. And Psalm 125, 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people. You know, we talked about parents and kids earlier. You know, we know our kids. We know, and we know our kids aren't perfect. But better not nobody mess with my kids. Better not nobody try to hurt my kids. I know they're not perfect. If they do something wrong at home, we'll deal with that. But I love my children. I love my family. And, I, and I'll, you know, fight a bear with a switch in the woods at night to protect them. Because even though I know they're not perfect, I still love them. I wasn't perfect, but my parents still loved me. And like I said, God knows even more. The stuff that we might have got away with with our parents and the stuff that our kids might get away with with us. We don't get away with none of that with God and He still loves us. I, I, what I like to say, God loves you, warts and all. He knows everything there is to know about you and He still loves you and He still protects you and He still holds on to you. He knows us inside out, but He'll always protect us and cover us with His hand. Job 12.10 says, In whose hand is the life of every living thing, the breath of all mankind. God knows us and loves us anyway. If we put our faith in Him... We have his promise of protection, the covering of his almighty hand, as well as the assurance that a place has been prepared for us to be with him when this life is over. He could have easily looked down because he knew before he created the world, he knew sin was going to enter it. And he already knew how he was going to deal with sin. Because like I said, God... God didn't just become all-knowing at some point. He always has been all-knowing. He's always known. He could have easily said, well, I see what they're going to do, so I'm not even going to create them. Or I see what they're going to do, so I'm just going to zap them all and send them away from me. I don't want those people in my kingdom. But that's not what he did. It's not how he thought of us. He knew us and he loved us. And he provided a way for us to be with him. Which shows how much he loved us because he didn't have to do it. Because he's God. He doesn't need us. But he wanted us. And that's grace. That's mercy. That's love. You think about how much your family and your friends love you. How much more does God love you? God gave his life. Gave his son to die on the cross for us. 
And his omniscience and great love for us is too much to understand. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Job 42.3 says, Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Psalm 131.1 says, O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or things too difficult for me. And Psalm 40 verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders which thou hast done, and thy thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Just spend some time just, just thinking about that, just meditating on just how God knows us just on his omniscience, on, on the fact that nothing has ever escaped his knowledge. Nothing. Not one little tiny thing. And when you sit and try to think about that and just think about the greatness of God, think about just... Just how amazing and awesome he is. It can boggle your mind a little bit. But in a good way. Because God's thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. That we cannot comprehend everything there is to know about him and his ways. All we can do is trust him and seek to know him as well as we can. You know, there's a song we all love to sing. And any of us that's been in church for any amount of time have grown up. If, if you don't know too many songs, you know Amazing Grace. And you probably know all the verses and, and, and even all the variations of that, of that song. But, but do we know that song so well that, that, that we get lost on just... What those two words mean. Amazing grace. Why is his grace amazing? What is grace? Grace is getting something that you did not deserve. The fact that the creator of the universe chose. To come to earth. To die in the place of sinful people. So that they could have access to God. And forgiveness of their sins. When you think about that. That is amazing. I don't know why he did it. But I believe that he did. I, I, I know I didn't do anything to deserve it. But I believe that he loved me enough to do it for me. Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. We're never going to understand it all in this life. But like I said last week, we keep studying. 
We keep learning. We keep asking God to reveal more to us. We keep trying to get as much as we can. But we're never going to understand it all. Not here. But you know we were singing that song this morning. When we all get to heaven. And I was thinking about that. And you know we. A lot of us. You know a lot. Of, Bill says you know the youth have a, have a lot of questions on Wednesday night. And, and young people and kids, they have a lot of questions. Some of them are questions, you know, I'm not so sure how important they are, but, but we all have a lot of questions. And I'm sure we've all got our list of questions that we want to ask the Lord when we are standing there in his presence. Like, well, were there fish on the ark or not? And speaking of fish, what, what was Jonah smelling while he was in there for three days? But you know, when we're standing in the presence of Almighty God. And we're going to be there for eternity. I just don't know if some of those questions are going to matter anymore. I don't know that I'm going to care about some of the things I don't understand. I know I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be in awe and I'm going to be humbled that I'm in the presence of the one who died for me and I'm going to be with him for eternity and I'm not going to care about anything else. Because there's a reason that he's God and that I'm not. And so the stuff he knows, I may not need to know. And that's okay. You know, we live in the age now to where, you know, because like when, when some of us were young, if you didn't know something, you just learned to be okay with not knowing that. We didn't have access to just Google every little thing. Oh, I don't know that. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, there it is. You're just like, oh, I don't know that. And, and my life will go on not knowing that. And I'll be all right. There's some things it's just okay that we don't know because God does. We can't understand the fact that God knows everything, including everything about each one of us. And it's awe-inspiring to think about how there's not one thing about any of us that escapes his knowledge. It is equally awe-inspiring to think that he would love us as much as he does, knowing what he knows. And that he would still want to be with us and take care of us after all that we have done. Even though it's hard to understand, are you resting in the fact that an all-knowing God loves you? And wants to have a relationship with you. And if not. Will you come into that relationship today? If there's someone here that has not. Come into that relationship. God already knows where you are. And he may be calling to you. He may be reaching out to you today. And asking. What are you waiting for? You've heard my message. You've heard the gospel. Will you accept my gift of forgiveness? Maybe there's someone here today and you're a Christian, you're saved. You, you've given your life to Christ. 
But you're still wrestling with, with some guilt because you're like, well, Lord, you know what I've done. I, I, I believe in you and I believe you've saved me, but I, I don't understand because I know that I'm not worthy. But again, God knows you and he still loves you. Can you rest in that? Can you lay that guilt aside? Can you lay those things of the world that don't matter at his feet and leave them there? Maybe there's someone here that, that, that God has called you to do something. And maybe you need to make that known today. Maybe you need to make that public in, in some way, shape, or form. Or maybe you just need one of us to pray for you today. And encourage you and lift you up and stand with you in whatever it is that you're struggling with. But again... The one thing that we need to all do as Christians is just to take the masks off. Just to get real before God because as we've established, He already knows. We're not hiding anything and hiding anything from each other does no good at all. Because we're powerless to do anything about it for you anyway. But if we just get real before God, and we just let him guide our next steps. He's going to lead us to where he wants us to be. He's going to do with us what he wants to do. He's going to use us first as individuals and then as a body, as the church. To be his hands and to be his feet. And to move in this community and see the lost come to him. But it takes us just saying, Lord, how do, you, how do you want to use me? You know me. You know, you know what's in me. God, I just want to surrender all of that to you today. And I want you to take control of it. And take the keys out of my hands. Because I just wrecked the car. So can we just do that? Can we just be real with God today? Whatever it is he's laid on your heart. Whatever you're dealing with. Whatever you need to do. Just be free to do that. We're going to sing this final song. And as we do. I just want to encourage you. I'm here to pray with you. Bill's here to pray with you. The ball game don't start for several hours. We have time. But you be obedient in this moment as God leads as we sing.